It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of the confluence of the Snake, Yakima, and Columbia Rivers. It was the age of Benton and Franklin Counties. It was the season of Richland. It was the season of Kennewick. It was the season of Pasco. A tale of Tri-Cities. It was the Epoch of Hanford. Will not be presented at this time. It was the Area Code of 509. In order to bring you the following special podcast. It was when Dick's Sporting Goods opened in Columbia Center Mall. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. Gee, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. It's love and time. I have to confess that you selected the music for uh, the beginning of this podcast this time, and I don't know why we're playing the Adams Family theme song. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together ooky, the Adams Family. Well, we always start off with, I don't know how this happened. I kind of like it, although it is a little bit um, dark. We always start off yeah. with somebody who died. And yeah, it's he, a little macabre. He, and yeah, I, I, you hadn't, wasn't, you weren't aware that uh, the guy who played. You could just stop right there. I'm not aware. <laughs> yeah, but this. And the but you'll know who this guy is, but you won't know who what his name is. So the guy who played cousin. Now wait a minute! Is, isn't everybody checked out already? Oh wait, you know what? I what think are you talking that about? who played who played Gomez on that um, show? Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, you know who I mean. Uh, the uh, was Pat married to Patty Duke. Why can't I think of him? I think he's still around. John Aston. Thank you, John. Yeah, I'm sure people listening are going. John Come Aston. on, John. He Aston, died. Think. He died back in um, the '90s or so. Oh, he did. Right? Didn't he? I was surprised. I thought I saw his name pop up as somebody no, that was still I, around. Uh, maybe. I don't know. So this guy was okay. the guy who played Cousin It um, on the series The Addams Family back in the 60s. Not the movies, but in the actual TV series. And Cousin It was the guy that had mm. all the hair over his face. with the, And he was little. And he had a hat on, remember? How would well, we know who that is? Uh, it, it could have been anybody. It could have been the well, director's they, uh, grandmother. I mean, this you guy's couldn't... name is Felix Sila. What else? Felix Sila. Did he have any lines? Did he speak? I can't remember. No, but he wasn't in just that, Mr. Pat Cashman. Um, he was also... So he played Cousin It uh, 17 times in the show's two-year run. So it sounds like there might have been somebody else doing it. You're probably right. The director's grandmother probably... He probably stepped in when she couldn't do it. But he was also a stuntman on um, Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Remember they had all the Ewoks? Yeah, yeah. He was in Blackbird, Buck Rogers. So that's, Indiana, that's all Indiana fine. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He was in those. But he was a stuntman in all of those. Is that a a performer and or a stuntman. So I don't have no. I don't have everything here, but but you know, he was eighty four uh, years old. I think old. a lot of people would be surprised that Audrey Hepburn was a stunt person. 
uh, for most of her career. I'm just making that up. Yeah, yeah. How old was this guy? 84. He just passed away last hmm. week. 84. John Aston is around. He's still with us. You checked us. it out? You looked He's, it up? He, he, I'm looking it up. He's 91 oh, years old right now. Oh, for gosh sakes. That the actor Sean Aston is one of his offspring. Yeah. I have a friend that when he was a young man looked like a dead ringer for John really? Aston. And so everybody started calling my friend Gomez, <laughs> including me. Hey, Gomez, come here for a minute. And now, as I'm looking at John Aston as he is today, yes, white hair, white, he still looks exactly like oh, my really? friend. My friend is aged exactly the same way. He's not 91 yet, but he looks more like John Aston than he did back when wow. uh, that show was on the air. Maybe so, your friend really is John. Which, uh, what, I, what makes you think that is not John? Maybe he is. Hey, um, speaking of yeah. those who have departed, did you want to go somewhere no, else I just with was, that? No, I just that no, I was just going to mention thing? that that's that that's something else I'm dealing with today. Oh, cousin, it, yeah. it wasn't the thing. thing was the yeah. hand out of the box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gosh, I feel embarrassed now. That it was I such forgot. a dumb show. I always got those two crazy. shows mixed up. Yeah, the Munsters and right. the Adams Family. Yeah, I really confused them all. I, I, one of the, one person we never mentioned in the uh, in this podcast, he kind of slipped through the crack, uh, and his uh, name was Hal Holbrook, uh, the vet- veteran actor, died some weeks ago. The reason it's important to me, and, and sometimes people will ask you, when did you decide that you wanted to get into whatever this business is that you're in? And uh, and for me, it was right around high school, college time. He would do this show called Mark Twain Tonight. And he would tour the country yeah. doing this one-man show. I did a stretch in Washington as a newspaper correspondent. And every day I went over to the Congress, that grand old benevolent national asylum for the helpless. <laughs> <laughs> and I reported on the inmates there. It was very entertaining. I had never seen a body of men with tongues so handy and information so uncertain. (laughs) Well, they could talk for a week without ever getting rid of an idea. (laughs) One of them, one of them got a bill passed to construct a dam where there wasn't any water. But they didn't find out about it until they'd built the dam. So they, so they had an investigation to see if they could build a river to save the dam. <laughs> God, God made idiots first, that was for practice. <laughs> then he made Congress. And it was all based on Mark Twain's writings and remarks through his life. He dressed up like him, he wore you know, he had the the big silver hair and the cookie duster and all. And uh, he'd walk around the stage getting big laughs and he just completely inhabited the character of Mark Twain as we think we know him. And I walked out of that theater mm-hmm. thinking, man, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But I remember that was the watershed moment for me. I just sailed out of the theater, just imbued with inspiration. The one true fact that rises above this circus of mendacity and misrepresentation is that truth 
has no place in Washington. I didn't I didn't become a fan of his because of theater. He to me, the best role I remember him in was in Creep Show when he played the guy, browbeaten husband of Adrian Barbeau, and he works at a um, he works at a sort of a laboratory Ooh. science facility, and a very mysterious box is brought in, and apparently in the box there's some sort of monster, and so he lures his wife. She's very nosy, and she's a real bitch. <laughs> And he lures his wife under the stairs to look at the box. She's like, what's in there? Are we allowed to look? He's like, yeah, go, 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 go on and look. And then the monster eats her. Now get out of my way, Henry, or I swear to God, you'll be wearing your balls for earrings. And I swear to God, if you ever touch <laughs> And he eats... He eats all of her because then now he That's, doesn't have to do it. What a clever story. script. And he was also in uh, Designing Women. He yeah. was in. Yeah, it was a <sighs> But he was, was that, also was that, in um, Designing Women with his uh, wife, movie? Dixie Carter, which yeah. they were just so delightful to watch together on that sitcom. I, I don't know if you've ever watched that. And I feel awful because last night, Reese Watson and I drank all the champagne in Georgia. <laughs> then we got married well darling we really tied one on didn't we yes i guess you could say that boy when i woke up this morning i couldn't believe what we had gone and done would that someone had tried to put us asunder <laughs> but don't worry darling i'm tying up all the loose ends just sign right here on the dotted line what dotted line what is that annulment papers Annulment papers. I shall be happy to sign your annulment papers, Reese Watson. I hereby annul you and this entire relationship. Now you may take your annulment, fold it in five corners, and put it where the sun don't shine. I love Hal Hallbrook, but see, you're telling me stuff about him well, I didn't know even way. know. I'd you love know that he inspired you, but I didn't know he was a theater person, so... Yeah, he he. Well, I don't know if that was yeah. how he started or if it was something he did along the way. But the, the, anyway, that just knocked me up. But it, it brings me to to realize that all the years I've known you, I've never asked you what it was that got you into well radio and voice work and and heading in that direction <laughs> or uh, a pole, pole dancer as as opposed to you know becoming a barmaid or something else. What, do you remember? Was there a person? Was there a mentor? Was there I, a muse? You know, no, no. I hadn't really thought about it. I'm one of those people that somebody said, you should do this. It hadn't occurred to me that I could do it. I just didn't, I didn't think I could do anything, mm -hmm. really. But I worked uh, worked at a bank um, for a long time. I tell this story in my class, my voiceover class, that I worked at Corporate America. It was a soul-sucking job. I hated it. I wasn't very good at it. I don't know why mm -hmm. they didn't fire me. I could never balance. I couldn't balance anything. But I was. Did, um, were, were you a teller? I was a teller. Not an asker, but a teller. Exactly. Yeah. And we so, had so a. So did you work a, like the drive-up window too? Yep, I did. <laughs> and we had a baseball team, so we would play all the other Bank of Americas. This was in mm -hmm. Marin County back in the '80s, and we'd play all the other baseball teams, and then after or softball, and then afterwards everybody would go out to the pizza thing and just get hammered on beer. So we'd get hammered on beer 
and we would tell jokes and I was always telling jokes and stories. And I just, somebody said to me, you know, you should be on the air. You should be on the radio telling this, doing this. Hmm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. They're like, no, you should do this. And so you know how that little seed gets planted in your head. And I thought, yeah, why not? I hate the bank. I mean, it pays the bills, but there's got to be some other job out there. Maybe radio is what I want to do. And I started really thinking about it and getting interested in it. And that's, I decided to go to broadcasting school in Sacramento, California. I got my first on-air job um, at KFBK, which was uh, Rush Limbaugh's flagship station. Yeah, I think that was his, one of his first stops. Yeah. He got his pivotal start back in the 1980s, right here in Sacramento. You're a quality talk show host. We've never had one this good, and it's sad to see someone like you go. I can understand that. Yeah. And I was the weekend traffic reporter, and I got that job um, three months before my mom passed away. And I then moved up to Seattle, and so I was super green when I started working with you. I mean, I don't even think I'd been on the air for even a year before I started working with you. I was lucky enough to land at your feet and be the traffic reporter for your morning show and there you go so we worked together for some time before we ever actually met because you work in a building downtown seattle correct far from the radio station people might know how this works when you hear traffic reports it's usually not your own station's traffic person that is sitting in the station but it is they are somewhere else and they might work uh, for three or four other correct radio stations doing their traffic almost simultaneously correct so you have this juggling act where you have to you have to use sometimes different names i never understood why that was important but well they were very uh, so they were had, very proprietary about wanting ratings to to reflect, you know, when when back in the days when people would fill out radio listening diaries and and they wanted Lisa Foster to be associated with King 1090 and then KJR wanted my other name to be if people wrote that down that would get counted towards ah. the Arbitron. Okay, I, yeah. Yeah, I guess that yeah. makes so sense. So that's why yeah. why it was. So anyway, I I never by the way had a uh, uh, most people, well not most I suppose, but many people uh, in radio at least back in the day always had a uh, other name. A stage uh, they, name. They, yeah, a name like uh, well, I have a friend named Eric yeah. McKaig yeah. and his name is McKaig. It just didn't sound, they the program director no, nah, yeah. that doesn't sound good. Let's make you yeah. Eric McKay. Yeah. People can yeah. hear that better. Uh, let's call you Sandy <laughs> Beach. Let's Yeah. Let's call you uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. Let's let's call you Chuck Rust yeah. or whatever. But but so but I always just use my regular name it was, you gotta have a name that jingle singers <laughs> right. can perform. It's gotta be catchy. Too. So that yeah. I think that's really important. You so you said that your mother died uh and, and nope. you had you left uh no, I Sacramento stayed there. already. That's uh, I moved North? up here after my mom passed away because my aunt lives up here who 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 you've met oh after and she my aunt away. pick up okay. the pace pick up the pace and remember when she was yelling that at us on the golf course yeah your uh, aunt owns a golf course up in <laughs> custer washington and apparently we were just too fat and slow to get through the golf well course. we were having fun we were talking <laughs> and telling stories and yeah. Screaming at us to pick up the pace. That's yeah. all I remember. I'm we like, oh get, my god, we got to get more golfers <laughs> out there. Embarrassing me in front of my friends. But so I still live. My mom lived in Concord. I lived in Sacramento, and I actually still worked for a bank at that point. I was only doing traffic part time on the weekends and as fill in. So once that happened, um, my mom passed away. I 
wrapped things up at the bank. They fired me anyway, but that's because of a consolidation. Doesn't matter. And then I moved up to Seattle to start reporting traffic. And did uh, you have, did you have a gig already lined up? I when did you moved not. Up here? I came up here just I had my fingers crossed. It was one of those risks I took because I thought, well, if I can't get a radio job, I will just uh, work for the bank. I'll work for a bank. So. I mm -hmm. luckily got picked up by Metro Traffic and then landed with you and other stations. And there you go. So it was all because somebody yeah. said, you should do this. You should do this. It was something I hadn't thought about. It wasn't my dr and you don't, dream, really. And you don't even remember who it was. It was just somebody, somebody, somebody drinking beer. We were telling stories. And I people, I would, you know, tell a story. And somebody just said, I have no idea who it was. <laughs> well, there, there you, go. you go. You owe them a thanks <laughs> of some kind if you could only remember know, who they yeah, were. Tell me about your mom. I, um, of course, she, I never got to meet her. Uh, she was gone before I ever knew you. Um, how many years has she so been today, gone which is what I wanted to tell you, today is her 30-year death anniversary. Is that how we call that death anniversary? I don't know what we call it. I guess. Um, yeah, I, and and I guess I guess it's as legitimate to remember that day as as anybody's birthday, but. It is uh, melancholy to it do is. so. It is, and for I sure. I don't know if you do you mark so today. Um, you know, you and I are taping the podcast, but I usually go out and I'll plant a plant for my mom, or I'll just buy you know something to. Usually, it's planting because this is the time of year. So today, I've got um, some time I'll spend out in the garden and think about her. She was a, a very talented um, gardener and a bonsai uh, tree person i'm not into bonsai trees but she did she did that so but do you have anything that you mark or do you even well i always note the day uh, that passing day although i it was funny that this year i remember my dad died in april mm. on april 5th of 19 um i thought it was a 86 or 7 i guess i thought it was 87 turns out it was the preceding year as one of my brothers how old were you me, when he passed away mid-30s i think yeah it's such a young age to lose a parent i was 29 when my mom passed away and there's never a good time to lose your parents that's for sure i mean Yes. Like, uh, you know, when Prince Philip died recently, yep. said he's 99 yeah, years yeah. old. Too soon? I mean, I don't know what the matter. <laughs> you still mourn the people and the idea that they're not there anymore. And you can't talk to them and you can't, you get yes. excited to share a story or tell about an incident or something that's happening in your life and they're not there to yeah. tell. Yeah, I they. think about that all the time. I wasn't there that morning when my father passed away. Didn't get to tell him all the things I had to say. Think I caught his spirit later that same year. I'm sure I heard his echo in my baby's newborn tears. I just wish I could have told him in the living years. Even after all this time has gone by, it's still emotional to think, God, you know, I would have loved to have talked with her about, I mean, you know, gun violence now. We didn't have, we didn't even discuss those things back then. It wasn't a thing 30 years ago. Um, 
the politics that's that's happening. I mean, I would have loved to have had her around to just talk about those things. She she was very smart, and she didn't she suffered I think did not suffer fools gladly, and um, she was very funny. You would have liked her. I don't know if she would have liked you. Like you said, she didn't suffer. Uh, do, do you know anybody that does suffer fools gladly? Yeah, I do. There's a lot of people that put up with a lot of crap. And I'm like, why do you put up with that crap? One of my favorite New Yorker cartoons shows a uh, scientist running into a room with a bunch of other people who are sitting, seated at office desks. And he's holding a beaker in his hand. And he's very excited. He rushes in and said, I've done it. I've done it. I just found a substance for quality <laughs> it was a difficult night you know so I think about today where I was uh, maturity wise and and that was also the same year I got divorced it was a tough year and I was by I don't have any brothers or sisters uh, that I know of and I it was a very um, very scary lonely yeah. night for, for, for me and this was before obviously the internet or cell phones there's really no way to be connected with really anybody and uh that was a long she died in yeah she was in the hospital i had i was actually there that week with her and uh i remember her i think she knew because she started to give me things like her pin number to her atm card and i'm like why are you doing don't i don't want this stuff don't stop giving me this information of where your things are and this is the She's like, you need to take this. And it just was really hard because I knew where that was going. You know, she knew. Yeah, she knew. Yeah. So. I had a friend who uh, died of AIDS and and I used to go and visit him. And then I, one day I went there and he was in bed. He couldn't get up. And he said, go over to that closet over there. And I opened it and he said, take that coat you gave me and that those two hats you gave me. And he's making me take back all of this stuff. Yeah. It's that same kind of feeling like, well, what, what are you talking about? You're going to be yeah. fine. You're, yeah, you're going to be not fine. Leaving. And uh, he, But he knew, you know. And in fact, he didn't even live another 24 hours. So it, yeah. it's, it, it is astounding. That is an instinct, I think. You want to yeah. get things as cleaned up and as right and make sure every that you leave as little for everybody else to have to do when you, when you head out the door. Yeah getting your ducks in a row so to speak so that's why I have um you know I mean I I already I have my will and and everything in a trust because I don't want anybody to have to kind of go through any of that so we're all set Pat when I croak we're all set yeah yeah just not to be more morbid but I there's one other thing I just somebody reminded me one of my brothers reminded me of this uh, when my dad uh, he was in the hospital a long time he had a million maladies yeah so did my mom what he actually what he actually passed away from I'm not sure yeah. probably diabetes as much yeah as my mom was it my mom was a diabetic but her she she had heart failure so he did too yeah. I mean that I guess ultimately that's what we all sure. die of but and he had like one lung left, and I mean, he was just, he was just a mess. But um, he uh, so there's a point, and and this is where it's nice to have some siblings, sense of recovery. So we, ha we they unhook yeah, all was, of his uh, uh, that equipment from him, and then he goes on for hours and another day, and and beyond. And now we and then so then immediately you start thinking, oh my God, we made a horrible mistake. He's not ready to go. Why did we take that uh, all that all that equipment away from him? He ultimately does pass away, but he he was you know he didn't 
he didn't uh, head out the door right away, and so we immediately think we made a horrible mistake. I remember that. But not not the funnest time of your life when you have to put on your big boy pants or big girl, whatever, brassiere, hmm. and, uh, and, and make those kind of choices. So, oh, here's what I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I was reading this article in a newspaper today, and I know there is no bigger oscars fan than you you and that's coming up Yay! in a few days yes yeah uh, it's uh typically they have the ceremony the award show in february or the first weekend of march but this year they moved it up to the end of or uh, end of april uh i i really still don't understand why they did that i think to give movies more time to to get in but yeah so what's your question pat well my i have no questions I, all i have is answers you okay. know that but um the, they had the Grammys uh, some time ago, and the ratings for the Grammys were down 53%. The Golden Globes yeah. uh, went down by more than 60%. And this just isn't this year. This has been happening uh, year by year by year. And, and this telecast uh, is on ABC coming up April 25th, and they have a doomsday scenario that, that it goes like, this that the viewing public is about ready to toss its big moment showcase into the entertainment dustbin. Yeah, I uh, right next to variety shows like Lawrence Welk and mm -hmm. all of those things. Hit it, boys! ABC, for example, as a network, doesn't appeal the way TV networks used to, especially to a younger generation. They don't want to. They don't want to sit and watch a three-hour-plus broadcast. Yeah. I think this article I read put it this way: that in that much time, you could uh, have watched eight thousand TikTok videos. <laughs> uh. Right, which are vastly more entertaining. I. I, I I have to say, I feel terrible saying it, but I don't know that it's going to be that great this year. I'm not that excited yeah. about it. My girlfriend's going to come over. And this is something my mom and I used to do because they were really good back in the day. When my mom was alive, I thought so me too, and the yeah. Oscar shows were great. And we would wear our pajamas and we'd put on our jewelry and that was our thing and watch the Oscars. And my girlfriend who's so lovely to continue that tradition with me has continued that and now we have her daughter involved and we do that but we both this year went i don't know let's make sure we have plenty of liquor because is the daughter already drinking it's probably going to be a big snooze fest i just feel like it's going to be <laughs> See, I think... they, they did a they did a poll a research firm did a poll and they found that only 18 percent uh, uh of film watchers had heard of the movie mank for example and yet, it is, and, and very few, oh, my fries are ready. Very, very few people had heard of uh, Nomadland, for example, that the uh, last time I looked is one, one of the odds-on favorites to win the Best Picture I Oscar. Think part of that, I think part of that is that, and I could be wrong, but it feels to me like most of the time stars are campaigning and showing up on talk shows and really getting the that's what they do they they go on junkets to get the word out about their film they you don't see talk shows much anymore and even on the morning news shows there's just very little i, I did see carrie mulligan who's up for an oscar uh, on this morning cbs this sunday cbs this morning 
And I thought, gosh, you just don't see a lot of that. And that might be why people don't know what these films are. Nobody's out there, you know, doing press about them. Well, that could be. But on the other hand, most of these films are on streaming services now, too. So it's not like, well, I can't go to the movie theater, so that's why I don't know these movies. They're, they're available, but it may be for reasons like you say. Uh, and then I think some of these films uh, just aren't, uh, I don't know, the, the biggest ratings they ever had for the Oscars was the year that Titanic yes. won for Best Picture. I mean, everybody watched that because everybody everybody'd seen that. the movie. Yeah, you know? everybody and, saw and, Titanic. And yeah. I just think that not, that, not that these films are bad films, they're just not, they don't have no, enough pizzazz. They're not very compelling. I have to tell you, the, the one that Carrie Mulligan's up for, A Promising Young Woman, perfectly yeah. fine film but it was like really this is an oscar contender my assistant says that you are interested in resuming med school that's right may i ask what prompted your desire to get back to your studies i guess i couldn't stop thinking about my time here yeah that's an extraordinary place it's an unusual request yes but i left under unusual circumstances oh I left because of what happened to Nina. Hmm. Nina Fisher. You don't remember her? Maybe you remember Alexander Monroe? Oh, yes, Alexander Monroe. He actually just came back and gave a talk here. Oh, he's a, he's a really nice guy, really smart. Are you a friend of his? No. So you don't remember the accusations made against Al Monroe? I don't. He took a girl, Nina Fisher the one you don't remember, back to his room where he had sex with her repeatedly and in front of his friends while she was too drunk to have any idea what was going on. She was covered in bruises the next day. Handprints, I guess you could say. Was it reported? Yes. Do you know who Nina spoke to? You. I mean, it was yeah. perfectly entertaining, but I, I, I just was very stunned at the... At, that had even made it in. And I think the other problem yeah. is now that they have the, they've opened up the best picture category to, what is it, 10 films? It used to be five. Why do they, why yeah. did they have to make it 10 films? Five is plenty. Five. I think, yeah. well, the, now, those are my, my onion rings are ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so th there's a lot of theories about all of this, but I do think that ba back in the olden days, the I guess maybe days. the 50s and 60s. Yes. The only time you really got to see a lot of these movie stars yes, was, was on, on Oscar night. Yeah, yeah. yeah, now they're now they're everywhere. You know, yeah. they show up on those talk shows that you talked about, or and 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 movie stars used to be like a category all by itself. You never saw a movie star deigning to do television, right? To do a television show right. or something. And now they're pretty much uh, you know one is the same as the other. Maybe that's part of it. But I think the other part of it too. They say why they say why slog through this long show when you can just watch all the snippets on Twitter and Instagram. I think the other part of it is that the movie studios back in the day very carefully cultivated and crafted their public persona. So there was never there were very very few scandals and very nothing now it's like start they're just like us guess who got a traffic ticket guess who and so you're kind of right it's they're not special back in the day they're like oh my god <gasps> 
Hollywood. This is Elizabeth Taylor Look at and, that. There and they Jack are. Nicholson oh. and these these people that just you know very it was very glitzy and now it's kind of like Hollywood is kind of not that glitzy. Um, I had yeah. I had on Twitter yeah. I had uh, Patricia Arquette reply to a tweet of mine. <laughs> I'm like, so that doesn't get any more every day. Like I was like, oh my god, Patricia Arquette. But we never got to rub elbows with the famous people. And we can't. No, not really. Yeah, you we, unless you broke right. into their house. Yeah, it's a whole different. It's like not that. mysterious uh, anymore, or glamorous anymore, really. Well, this year they've hired director Steven Soderbergh to head up the Oscar night, and they've been tasked with just trying to shake it up. You know, you're going to give all those same 24 categories, including the technical ones, which everybody's yeah. bored with. But they have to have. They got to jumpstart not only the Oscars but theater going mm-hmm. once again as well, and get people excited because people used to love movies now i think yeah i don't know i'll just soon watch it on tv it's made it much easier to consume content in a much more comfortable way um you don't have to you don't have to put up with people smacking popcorn and yapping away during the movie you don't have to pay you don't have to put up with those movie ticket prices what are they 20 bucks a ticket now i would say there's award show fatigue there's just too many of them. They've got the you know MTV Awards, BET Awards, ESPYs, the Tony Awards, the People's Choice, Independent Spirit Awards, Country Music Awards. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And uh, so it's not doesn't seem special anymore. <laughs> oh, I wonder what award show is on tonight. Yeah. I think all of that is, is a contributing factor, but uh, it's also just yep. a change in the way people pr- get their media. And, and want to be entertained. Younger people mm-hmm. today, they want stuff fast. Damn Snippets, the young people. Short TikTok length videos. They're not yeah. they're gonna sit on their ass for three and well, a half hours. I'll watch it, but yeah, yeah I, anyway. I, I I feel like I'm not I'm not that excited about it. I mean you know you know, you've known me for a long time. I mean this was my Super Bowl weekend and I mean and yeah. so now it's kinda like eh, whatever. I know. We used to uh I used, I used to really kind of enjoy it. And like you said, my best memories are of those nights when uh, a streaker might come on to the uh, <laughs> run across the set. Or, and someone, quite likely. Or a, a, a winner might come on <clears throat> staggeringly drunk. Uh, or And then it was also yeah. a platform po- for political statements, and those would sometimes... Yeah, yeah, who would say so, what? And yeah, yeah. it's very, too buttoned very, down very anymore. So. It seems like, but but one thing that yeah. the Soderbergh, the director, has vowed. He said, "Whatever we do, we're not doing Zoom." He's he wrote that into his contract. It won't be Zoom appearances, and for the most part, he doesn't okay. want to see, you know, movie stars wearing masks. You know, he's not anti-mask, but he people want to see these people, so we're going to put them. Yeah. Uh, in different places. It's not going to all be in one crowded theater together. There's going to be people at train stations and all around the country in London. Well, hopefully they'll have the, most of their vaccines yeah. done by yeah. then, so it shouldn't so. be a problem anyway. Uh, let's yeah. see. I got a couple other little quickie things uh, on my mind here, but I got it on my phone. Stand by here. I'm, I made some right. notes. Speaking of vaccines, I just wanted you to know that I got finally... Uh, man, it took a long time to wait my turn, but I did, and I finally got my turn yesterday. So I got my first dose of my vaccine, otherwise known as the Bill Gates microchip implant. Yeah. Gates, and, Gates uh, knows where you are now. Every, every, he's tracking me as yeah, we speak. Yeah, 
It is so true. You know, a lot of people oh uh, just a lot of people think this is a bunch of hokum, but uh, you're going to find out differently that you are being monitored and tracked, <laughs> and that right. this entire this entire pandemic was a hoax. Right. It's just another uh, chapter in the sex yeah, trafficking exactly. ring. That and when and so anyway, I got done with that and I went and ate a baby. So that was a fun day for me. So <laughs> we, we, yeah, my wife went to the post. We have to. We don't get our mail at our house here, uh, in because we live in Bump Frick, uh, USA. <laughs> the boondocks. And uh, and so we have to go to the mail to, to the post office here. Everybody hates that post office. Everybody but you told me that one. They're crabby I... in there. They're not helpful. You just want everybody wants to strike. You can't use your cell phone in here, sir. Really? Yeah. You can't and, use your cell phone in the yeah. post office? And, and I said, why is that? It, uh, it, and she gave some weird thing like, is it like an airplane? Are you going to crash if I use my <laughs> cell phone? They're so humorless. They're, they just have all these silly rules. And uh, I remember I took my dog, uh, Elliot, with me, and it was a really blistering hot day one day. And uh, and so I brought him inside with me. You can't bring your dog in here, sir, unless it's a service dog. Okay, then, it's a service dog. Well, then, why isn't he wearing one of those things? You know, it's just like, oh, come on, lady, just... Don't be a, oh, such a dork. Uh, we got enough troubles in the world without you being one of them. Yeah. So we got, so anyway, my wife goes to the Patty goes to the post office the other day, and there's a woman, and and this is just a description of her. I'm not trying to derogate anybody that looks like this, but she had uh, thousand piercings, bunch of tattoos, kind of weird shaggy hair, and she's walking into the post office. And, and an old man, there's a lot of old guys living around yeah. here. The old guy said, hey, excuse me, young lady, you can't uh, go in there without a mask. You have to wear a mask. She, and she goes, you, you <gasps> son of a bitch. Oh, and my then, God. And then she starts yelling oh at a bunch of other God. people. Then, then Patty says, hey, now, wait a minute, you shouldn't be on... You too, you old bitch. Oh Just my come <laughs> roaring back. So I don't know if you've ever done this, where you, uh, Patty was just kind of coming to the defense of the old guy. But I don't know if you've ever done this. You, she comes home, tells me the story, and we immediately start crafting what I should have said. Yes, I play the what, what I, I should have said game all yeah. the time. So that if we run, we're bound to run into her again. <laughs> this time we'll be ready. What do you? What did you come up with? What was the best oh. one? They weren't really good. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember what they were. Uh, it, it, yeah. it, 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 it would be, um, hey, I see that that high school debate team training really paid <laughs> off. You know, I don't know what yes. I, I don't know what I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I had a situation once where and I told you this. I was out front of my house trimming uh, the hedge and I, I would bend over and trim and then I'd stand back and look. And I heard a car slow down. And I thought, oh, maybe somebody's slowing down to ask directions. I turn around. It's a guy in a beat-up car. He has, like, one tooth in his head. And he says to me, <laughs> he says to me, why don't you bend over again for me, baby? And I, <laughs> I said, oh, I took man. my hedge clippers and I said, <laughs> you get out of here. 
And I'm like, God damn it! That was so lame! That was the lamest thing! So I play, have played that game for years with that. Yeah, and then you go and obsess the rest of the day. Damn it! I what did, did I think for the of rest of my life. Say? Yeah. The rest of my life, all I could come up with was, you get out of here. Yeah, you want That was so lame! You should. You I I should have said. Well, well, why don't you pull your pants down for me, sir? <laughs> yeah. When you go find the rest of your teeth, I'll bend over again, baby. <laughs> like that. Oh my like god! Any of that it was is the lamest bring, comeback. It's not gonna bring any satisfaction. I know. Anymore. It was a lame. Oh comeback, man, yeah. I can't believe that. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're running out of time. I because just because I said so, but I wanted to point out a couple of commercials that I've seen recently that I and. And get your take on them. First of all, there's a product that's just kind of a, it's a female product. Uh, is it uh, a tampon? It is, but it, this oh. product is called Always. No, that's and, a pad. Yeah, well, whatever it is. But, oh, oh so, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! You, there's a difference between a tampon and well, a pad. Well, it's not a difference that's important to me because I, I don't I need know. the product. Of course. But but um, what I'm getting to is they refer to the reason you have to wear this product a certain time of the month uh-huh. as the gush. Have oh you seen those my god, no. The what? gush. Yeah. What? There are a lot of things that I don't exactly love about my period. You know, like PMS, cramps, and the dreaded gush. If you're a pad user like me, you know what I mean. When you get the oh gush, god. that's when you need all of Oh my god. Yeah, the gush. Yeah, Patty and I are just staring at each other. Well, you that? you wouldn't know what the gush is, but Patty would, and every woman well, listening yeah, to but this. But just it's she says it's I, not of course, fun. but you don't call it that. No, I mean, I anything know. goes in commercials. It now. does. We and didn't then, even used to just, have. We didn't even used to have um, feminine hygiene commercials air. Yeah, I can remember when they would have commercials rarely, but they'd have commercials for brassieres, <laughs> but they would never show them on a woman. They would always have no, to be on a dummy. No, they did show them on a woman, Pat, but she had a turtleneck sweater on under the bra. <laughs> okay, well, you know she what I'm saying. She has a turtleneck sweater on under, uh, on under the bra, like a thin little turtleneck sweater. So stupid. Well, it's because yeah, boys are pigs, it. and you know, if she didn't have the turtleneck sweater on, then you know, you'd. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Young teenage yeah. boys would love watching That's... those bra commercials. <laughs> now try this new way to accent your figure. Cross your heart. See, you're suddenly shapelier. Uh, the other, the other commercial that I just saw today, is for Charmin, the toilet paper okay. maker, and they have they're they're uh, they use these cartoon bears. Yep. Uh, all the time. Yep. And and this they were advertising Charmin's super mega longer lasting rolls. Six rolls in one. Oh, it was terrible. I was totally stranded. No TP? Nope. Empty roll. So what happened? Well, we started buying Charmin Super Mega Roll. Whoa, <laughs> oh, that's, that's huge. huge. Charmin Super Mega Roll is six rolls in one and lasts so much longer, you don't always have to worry about the roll running out. I'm glad you were rescued, Dad. Me too. It was a <laughs> huge relief. Enjoy the go with Charmin. Guaranteed to fit or your money back. Six rolls in one. I'm sorry. I, and it I says, have those. And it, I buy those. And it says on the package, guaranteed to fit. I'm thinking, to fit what? 
Your toilet paper well, roll. But I, they don't say that. Something oh. what to fit your where you're going to use it. <laughs> no, but I do. Then, I... But then they. But then their their slogan now is, "Enjoy the go." Yeah, enjoy the go. I'm oh, Charmin clean because my honey's clean. My honey's clean. Oh yeah, I'm Charmin clean. I, that's a that's very catchy I tune. Know they're clean. Oh Sean yeah, my honey's hey, clean. Like that's because I'm Charmin clean. Bed. Don't you think that's catchy? Yeah, I'm Charmin clean. <laughs> That's that's what you say when people go, why are you so happy? You go, oh, my honey's clean because I'm Charmin clean. And for an extra clean finish, try Charmin Flushable Wipes. Okay. I am ready with the joke. I have chosen from two of them. I've decided on one. The other I'll put uh, okay. I'll put aside for now. Yeah, I'm ready. So, so here we go. You ready? You sitting down? All right. There are these two nude statues. One of a man, the other of a woman. And these two nude statues are standing across from each other in a secluded park. A few hundred years after they've been put into place. Now, again, these have okay. been standing there for a few hundred years. And then one day an angel flutters down to them. A wave of the hand of the angel oh, no. and suddenly the statues come to life. And the man and the woman step down from their pedestals. And the angel says, I have been sent to grant the mutual request you both have made after hundreds... That doesn't sound like an angel's voice. Sorry. Yeah, let me try it again. That an angel... The angel when says... You say fluttered, when you say fluttered down, you didn't say the angel, like, slammed down. That sounds like a very... Yeah, good point. ...heavy... Um, do you have a better angel voice? I'm just surprised you picked that for your angel. I've only got two angel voices. The one oh, you I do? Just, just did... And What's then, the other one? Okay, this is the other one. <laughs> and the angel says, I've been sent to grant a mutual request. You both are... That's no good either, is it? That's no good either. Okay, I'm going to have to just go with a falsetto, I guess. Okay. To match my falsetto teeth. It's going to be very sweet and soft. I wish you could do the voice, but you don't voice. know this joke. Okay. okay. So the angel says, I've been sent to grant a mutual request. You both have made, after hundreds of years of standing across from each other. Sorry, I spit on you. But you've been unable to move for these hundreds of years. But your wish has been granted. But be quick. You only have 15 minutes until you will become statues once again. So the man looks at the woman. The woman looks at the man, and they both flush, and they giggle, and they run off into some underbrush. Oh, boy. And so you can hear the sound of all this rustling coming from the bushes. Oh, <laughs> rustling. <laughs> more rustling going on than in the western. And then seven minutes later, they come back to the angel, and they obviously look satisfied. And the angel smiles at the couple and says, but that, that was only seven minutes. Why don't you go back and do it again? <laughs> and the former statues look at each other for a minute. And then the woman says, well, well, why not? That's a good idea. But let's reverse it this time. You hold down the pigeon and I'll shit oh on it. Oh, my God. Oh. So you liked it. Oh, my God. Suffering is here. Suffering is here. Life is Skittles and life is beer. I think the loveliest time of the year is the spring. I do, don't you? Of course you do. But there's one thing that makes spring complete for me. 
and makes every Sunday a treat for me. afternoon when we're poisoning pigeons in the park <laughs> every Sunday you'll see my sweetheart and me as we poison the pigeons in the park when they see us coming the birdies all try and hide but they still go for peanuts when coated with a cyanide my pulse will be quickening with each drop of strychnine we feed to a pigeon. It just takes a smidgen to poison a pigeon in the park. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.